You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have Peter Watts joining us again in the studio. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Jason. Good to be here. It's good to have you back again every Tuesday, of course. Now, Peter, today you'll be continuing your series, The Apprenticeship, which is all about learning how to become or be a disciple, how to learn, how to follow Christ, how to... uh, I guess, grow in that walk Mm. uh, with him. Um, But before we get into it, what have you been up to the last few days, Peter? Well, I enjoyed the long weekend, as I'm sure many of our our listeners did. And, of course, uh, yesterday, as we speak here on air, uh, yesterday was Anzac Day. Mm. And, uh, you know, I saw a few of the the broadcasts about um, people gathering for remembrance of that and uh, I always in- enjoy that. I think it's interesting uh, you know as, as and, uh, Australia is a fairly secular, secular country these days um, and uh, you know spirituality is not usually top of the list of, of subjects when you look at the mass media and so forth mm. but uh, Anzac Day is, is like the, it's kind of the peak of spiritual uh, experience in many ways. Many people are happy to to gather or march or, or watch Anzac Day services, they're you know quite happy to maybe listen to a hymn or hear a prayer um, on that day and, and be respectful of that. Mm. And I find that fascinating. I, it sort of tells me that deep within us there is a, a desire for connection with God, a desire for spiritual things. But I think that in the um, world where there are so many different and diverse views about spirituality uh, people aren't really sure about which direction to go in or uh, who to follow and of course um, here uh, on this program about the apprenticeship we're talking about how to learn to be a follower of Jesus Christ and um, you know some of us have found uh, great joy and satisfaction in doing that mm, for sure Now, uh, Peter, we've got a few things to share with our listeners today, particularly in those who are listening in Tasmania. We've got an event coming up in May. I think in Hobart it's on May 13, uh, Launceston May 15, and Devonport May 16. Mm -hmm. It's an event called How to Improve Your Immune Function Through Food. Okay. So it's a a health-related presentation. Um, presented by Dr. Sue Rad, who is a specialist in her field. Uh, she's an advanced accredited practicing dietitian, and uh, she actually wrote a book called Food as Medicine, Cooking for Your Best Health, which won an award for the best cookbook um, in the world, in, in particular for the Gormand World Cookbook Award, the best health Truth. and nutrition cookbook in the world so she is a very accomplished uh, author and presenter and she's going to be coming down to Tasmania on the 13th of May and so we have an opportunity if you're in Tassie to come and listen to her present on this topic and of course it's very relevant to our time at the moment with COVID and everything else 
happening around us that uh, it's important that we improve our immune function and mm. we can actually do that through what we eat. So uh, you can text in the code word IMMUNE22, that's I-M-M-U-N-E, immune, and the number 22, no spaces. Text it into 0488-880-891 and we'll send you back event details and the links to where you can book. Uh, it is a free event, but you do need to book. So Sounds like a great event. I'm going to go. Yeah, I will certainly be there myself in the Hobart ones anyway. Uh, remember also you can text us in your feedback, any questions that you might have to that same number, 0488 And, of course, we'll be giving away a free book later in the program. Now, Peter, last week we talked about the privilege of prayer. Mm. I actually really appreciate that program personally. I I got lots of personal value out of that. So, uh, That's good. Um, do you want to just recap before we get into where we're going today? Yeah, I suppose uh, we've been looking at the, the topic of the apprenticeship and it's about uh, being an apprentice of Jesus, really. He's the master, we're the, 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 the students, as it were. And um, so we've been following uh, a little book called Steps to Christ, which is a small book, and we've been making that available through this series um, to people. And um, in that book, there are uh, 13 chapters. We've been covering those chapters. Last week was... The Privilege of Prayer, and it's basically talking about how we can have open communication with God and um, how that benefits us and how it benefits our relationship with God that, you know, most good quality relationships are built on communication. Mm. And so um, that's important. And today we are moving into uh, Chapter 12, uh, which we have called Beyond Doubt. And uh, the, the chapter in the book is called What to Do with Doubt. And I think this is a good chapter because it talks about the, the very real experience of many uh, of, of how do you uh, grapple with this idea of following somebody, of learning from somebody, of having a relationship with somebody mm. that you cannot see, that you cannot touch. And uh, as a skeptic, I guess, you know, because I was once, a, would have called myself an atheist, um, you know, the idea that you would have a daily living relationship with somebody you can't see and you can't touch, uh, what, you know, is this make-believe? You know, mm. what confidence do we have? And I think we've talked a little bit about some of those things through the series. But here we want to talk about what to do with doubt because even as believers, even when we choose to say, yes, I believe in God, yes, I believe the Bible, I'm going to follow its instruction, I'm going to follow Christ, there, we live in a world that is um, broken. We live in a world that the creation has been corrupted. The, 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 the perfect paradise that God created long ago, uh, we only see glimpses of that. Mm. And we still see beautiful glimpses, but they are but glimpses. And the world doesn't work the way it was meant to. Um, and likewise, we are part of that. We as human beings, we have flaws. We have faults. And we, we're not perfect. And therefore... Um, you know, we are tempted, uh, and certainly the environment we live in is we are tempted to have doubts mm. about God, about His promises, about the testimony of Scripture. And so, what do we do with those? You know, and that that's an important topic we want to cover today. I'm going to ask our listeners to text us in. In fact, uh, if you've experienced skepticism or resistance or doubt in in your personal uh, journey in faith in God. Um, how did you deal with it? Let mm. us know. 
Uh, text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We'd love to hear from you today. So if you've experienced some form of scepticism, resistance, or doubt in your personal journey of faith, let us know zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. So uh, Peter, this morning as we open up this topic, um, we've got a few verses, I guess, to, to start us off. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to sort of dive in to the fact that uh, all of us will ex- experience, I believe, some resistance. I mean, if the Bible story is true, mm. then there is a battle going on between good and evil, uh, primarily um, symbolised by the battle between Christ and the adversary, the devil. And so, therefore, um, if you enter the battlefield, you are going to experience resistance. Um, and so uh, we, we all face this. And I think it's particularly pertinent to younger Believers or people who have come recently into the faith, they're going to encounter opposition. How do they deal with objections um, and so forth? And I think the first thing we want to acknowledge is there are many things we cannot explain. Mm. And I want to pause there for a minute just for to, to acknowledge that and mm. to say, you know, sometimes um, I've been in an experience where people will level questions at you as a believer in God and a believer in the Bible and the, the notion that if you can't answer this question, then God doesn't exist. Or if you yeah, can't answer this question, then the Bible must be false. It's interesting, isn't it, that that often happens, yeah. that, that sort of perspective that you've got to have all the answers, otherwise mm. it's all um, exactly. unbelievable. You exactly. Know? And, it's and, ve- and the reality is in science, they don't have all the answers. And yet we believe so much of, of science, you know. So, I mean, it doesn't matter with whatever approach you take, there's always going to be some unanswered questions. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And and we are fallible and we are flawed. I guess it's... it's um, so that, that, that's the first thing I would want to say. There are many things that we as human beings can't explain and mm. probably we'll never be able to until we get to the kingdom, you know, until we get to heaven. Mm. Uh, however... I think it's very important, too, that God never asks us to believe without evidence. Mm. And uh, there's a couple of verses, as you mentioned there. We're going to look at Hebrews 11, verse 1 to begin with. Yeah. And uh, I'd like you to read that out, Jason. And this is the New King James Version. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, that is a fascinating verse because mm. it sort of contrasts two different things or puts them together. You've got faith and substance, and then you've got evidence and things not seen. So uh, he's, he's basically saying we, we have a belief in a God that we don't see, but there is evidence for him. Mm. Even without, it may not be visible that you can actually see God face to face. And there are reasons for that, by the way, that we've talked about uh, a little before. But it's probably one of the best examples that we could use of this evidence of things not seen is the one that Jesus himself used. When Jesus was talking to a church leader in John chapter 3, he says, you see the, you see the effects of the wind, but you, you cannot see, see the, the wind. wind yeah. You cannot see wind. You cannot put a shape on it. You can't tell me what color it is. Mm. You know, uh, but we definitely can see the effects of the wind. And mm. I think that's true with God. We can see the effects of God in the life of a person. We can see the effects of God in terms of creation, mm. in terms of the design, in terms of the um, incredible way in which organisms interact with their environment and with other organisms. I think one of the very strong ways that we see uh, the impact and the effects of God is in people's changed lives. 
Exactly. When when you've known somebody and they've then uh, encountered and experienced yeah. faith in God, that so frequently their lives change dramatically. There's a transformation. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and it's hard to explain that. There's another passage in uh, Hebrews 11. We've just re- read verse 1. Let's read verse 6 before we go to a break, and um, we'll pick up on that. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I like that, that must must believe that he is. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, you've got to believe that he exists. Yeah, exactly. We talked a little bit about this last week when we were talking about the privilege of prayer, where, you know, you he, Jesus says, you know, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to God in the secret place, and he who is in secret will reward you openly. And so uh, you're not going to do that if you don't believe he exists. And mm. so I believe that God has given us an abundance of evidence upon which to base our faith but it's still faith we're still believing in something that we don't have all access to but we can have access through prayer Mm. this is do you really know me by carly fletcher and sandra enderman A picture that's been marred, distorted and defamed. The world can hardly see me, and I often get the blame. My name has been misused, given to things I'd never do. But the question remains do you? Do you really know me? Do you really understand how much I love you? And I will do everything I can to show you who I am. Have you sought me for yourself? Search for me and you will find. That my arms are stretched so wide Full of love for you, my child I long for you to be With me for all eternity So the question remains Do you really know me? Do you really know me? Search with all your heart Like a treasure that's hidden in the dirt If you seek me, you'll find me I am waiting to be found The world says many things But do you really became a human man I came to show you God 
To Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and this morning we're talking with Peter Watts on the topic of doubt, or in fact, beyond doubt. <laughs> you know, sometimes in our walk we have questions, and that's okay. And so, we're going to be talking a bit more about that um, as we go on. But we did ask you a question, we'd love to hear from you this morning. Have you experienced skepticism, resistance, or doubt in your personal journey of faith? Text us in. How did you deal with it? 0488-880-891. We'd love to hear from you this morning. So, Peter, can we really fully understand everything to do with God and faith? That's the question. It's a really, really easy question to answer (laughs) because the answer is no. Um, Because the idea is that that any individual would fully, uh, fully, I mean, look at the the question there, Mm. fully understand Mm. everything related to God and faith and I mean I uh, you know I'm 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 not going to tell people how old I am but I'm less than 100 years old <laughs> and I have actually met people who are over 100 years old in fact I visited one last week but um the reality is that we we're alive for such a short period of time mm. and the idea that we would fully understand anything uh you know uh even if there's I think somebody once said that um you can think of any subject you care to name, whatever profession or occupation you might be in, and there's more to read about that occupation than you've got. To, you can read in a lifetime. So, you know, um, the idea that we would know fully understand everything related to God and faith, the answer is no, of course not. However, there's actually something good about that because it means there's something to learn today. Mm. It means there'll be something to learn tomorrow. We can grow. We can develop. Uh, and this is the whole point of the apprenticeship, that we want to grow in faith. We want to grow in our relationship with God. We want to learn new things. Um, wouldn't life be boring if you'd learned it all last year? It would. And, and that uh, brings me to a discussion that I've been having with a few people um, recently. Mm. I had a discussion with a small group of people on Saturday morning and and uh, I think um, last week as well, where you know the Bible is an amazing book because... It can speak to, you know, the youngest person, mm. the child. Yeah. And Jesus said, you know, we should... Absolutely. Um, not we teach stories to our children. Yeah, we should not, uh, you know, send the children away. We need to talk to them and pe- speak to them about God. So the Bible speaks in such simple terms that a child can understand. Mm. And yet, despite it being studied for thousands of thousands yeah. of years, you know, the scriptures have been studied, it's still challenging enough to keep the most academic, brilliant minds mm. 
um, interested and and continuing to search. And uh, that's what I find amazing about the scriptures, that it's almost like the more you delve into it, the more you search, the more you discover. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It's amazing. We have talked about this before Mm. in one of our other episodes, but it's absolutely true, and I believe that that's one of the hallmarks of its divine origin, Mm. is that it just can keep keep producing. Is there any other book like that? I don't think there's any other book that comes close. Mm. Um, You know, we... um, What's interesting to me, too, is, you know, this notion, as I mentioned before, sometimes a sceptic will level a question at you with the intent that if you can't answer this, then I'm not going to believe in God. Well, um, we're never going to be able to answer everything because we're finite and we're fallible. Mm. But the Bible itself tells us that that's the case. Mm. In other words, the Bible reveals our reality. It doesn't talk to some kind of fantasy world that doesn't exist. Mm. Yes, it talks about heaven. Yes, there's a heaven to win, and there's a paradise for us to go to, and that it will actually all work out in the end. You know, there will be a happy ever after. However, the the world to which we... uh, the world in which we live is well described in Scripture, mm. and our experience in the, this world is nature, well described. The nature of people is exactly. described, and and even you know I, I've I've said to some people who um, you know question I guess the scientific accuracy of the Bible, mm-hmm. and you know the Bible is not a science textbook. Correct. However, I believe that. The Bible must be consistent yes. with science. Yes. And if it's not, then either, you know, something's wrong. You know, yeah. either science is wrong mm-hmm. or the Bible's wrong. Right. And so that's what I believe. But anyway, I think that that concept of the Bible describing reality yes. is really important. It is. And and not only, like you say, in terms of a scientific realm, but in our own personal experience. It mm. describes the human experience. Have a look at this in uh, Job 11.7. And uh, we'll we'll read uh, 7 and 8, actually. Yeah, it says, Can you search out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than heaven. What can you do? Deeper than Sheol, what can you know? All right. Well, Sheol, Sheol is the grave. That's the grave, isn't yeah. it? So they're deeper than the grave. I mean, I just think that these questions are so interesting, and mm. they're questions that God puts to Job. Mm. Um, can you search it out? Can you find the limits? Mm. Can you find the edges? Um, and the answer is, is no, you can't. Um, they're higher than heaven. What can you do? Deeper than the grave. What can you know? Mm. There is such a limit. I, I know that I'm doing a, a series of meetings actually next week um, called Is God for Real? And we're looking at some of the the questions. Um, yeah, that's we, up in New South Wales. Yeah, mm. we, we, we'll talk about that a little later. But um, we're talking about does God exist and what are the evidences for that and so forth. And uh, one of the questions that... Uh, we put at the end is how much do we really know mm. about anything? Mm. You know, um, would it be fair to say that we know less than 5% of all that there is to know about the universe? Well, I think, yeah, it's fair to say we probably le- le- know less than 1%. Mm. And the thing is, for the person that does not know God, is it possible if we only know 1%, is it possible that God exists in the 99% we admit we have no knowledge of? 
And of course, it's possible. So, you know, I think that we have to be a little humble here. Mm. And so we're not on this subject. We're talking about what to do with that. This is really, you know, this is part 12. So we're talking about we're into the discipleship journey. We're into the apprenticeship. We're following the master. Mm. And it's dealing with the idea that these doubts will come or these questions will come. Mm. And how can we deal with those? Can we confidently say, you know what? I don't have all the answers but I believe in a God who does. Mm. And that's really um, the place that I've come to in this, is that God has provided, I believe, an abundance of evidence in the natural world, in his word, in my own life experience, an abundance of evidence for me to place my implicit faith in him. Mm. Um, And that has paid off. I I can only testify for the last 29 years of being a Christian of how that's paid off in my life, that my life has been infinitely better because God's in it. And because I believe the Bible, I read the Bible, I study the Bible, I follow its principles, not perfectly. I've made, you know, mistakes. I've um, made errors. I've, I'm flawed. But I've recognized that following the counsel of Scripture has been better for my life. Mm. And therefore, even if somebody were to be able to come along and prove this is not true or, or uh, if I'm following some kind of fallacy, I would have to say in my own life it, it's proved fruitful, right? So therefore, I'm not going to readily give it away. But having said that, it's not only true about my life experience, it's true about the world in which we live. It's true about... Um, the idea of spirituality that we, that we see in many cultures around the world, that people want to worship something, and uh, God is, is revealing himself through Scripture. There's another passage similar to this one in Job, and it is in Romans, and it too is in uh, chapter 11. So we've just read Job 11, 7 to 8. We're going to read Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his his ways past finding out. All right. So here we have uh, far, far uh, beyond what many might claim. Oh, if you claim to know God and you believe in the Bible, well, it should have all of the answers. Mm. Well, what the Bible is actually telling us is that we don't have all of the answers. And and neither can we know all the answers. And there will be some things that uh, we're not... Yeah, we're just not going to be able to find out or that we might question or... Correct. And there are going to be, certainly there are going to be things that we will never know until we get to Mm. heaven and are face to face with God. Mm. But what God has provided is a, uh, a framework in scripture where it gives us what we need to know to survive spiritually down here, Mm. um, to understand our past, to understand who we are as human beings Mm. and to understand what our purpose is right now and the hope that God has for us in the future. Just before we go to the break, uh, Peter, I'd love to read this verse in in Mark 9.24. I find it fascinating. This is when uh, um, a a man came to Jesus asking for healing of his daughter, was it? Yes. Or or son. I can't remember whether it was daughter or son. You'll have to 
tell me I that. Think it, but I think it was his son. Son. And uh, he says to to Jesus, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Mm. <laughs> um, that, that's such a real experience, isn't it? Really it really is. I, well, well, if we're going to take a break now, or you want to come will, back yeah. onto that verse. Yeah, we'll that, come back and discuss it. That's a really, I love that. Mm. Um, I love that um, honesty of the man mm. and, uh, and, and how that helps us when we're reading that story. Mm. Now, remember our question, we'd love to hear from you. Have you experienced skepticism or resistance or doubt in your personal faith journey with God? And how did you deal with it? Text us in on 0488-880891. We'd love to hear from you this morning. This is By Faith by Rebecca Simmons. faith we see the hand of God In the light of creation's grand design In the lives of those who prove His faithfulness Who walk by faith and not by sight By faith our fathers roamed the earth with the power of His promise in their hearts Of a holy city built by God's own hand A place where peace and justice reign We will stand and die as children of the For we know in Christ all things are possible. 
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and this morning we're speaking with Peter Watts on The Apprenticeship. It's his series, which we're almost coming to an end, uh, episode 12 of 13 of this particular series. Talking about doubt and faith this morning, so we've just been uh, speaking uh, or read a verse in Mark 9.24 that describes the reality of, I guess, our imperfect faith where this man came to Jesus and said, mm. you know, I, I want to believe, I do believe, but I've got unbelief. So <laughs> Yeah, so in this story, uh, there's a man who has uh, a child who uh, is... Um, possessed by an unclean spirit, in, in fact. And, and uh, he comes to Jesus in verse 23. He says to Jesus, "If you, uh, well, can you, know, can you heal my son? And Jesus says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And uh, it says immediately the father of the child cried out with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Mm. And he's recognizing, I love the, the, this, this man, He's feeling so desperately for his child. He wants his child to be healed. He's crying out to Jesus. He recognizes that his faith is not perfect. Mm. And uh, he says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help me in the things that I don't yet understand. Help me in the things that I don't yet believe. And uh, Jesus heals the boy. And um, I think in our own experience, what I love about that is, again, it, it's talking to the human experience. Mm. This is not some fanciful idea of super faith where, you know, this is a church full of super saints and uh, if you don't measure up, well, you ain't going to make it. The reality is we don't measure up and that's why Jesus came. And it's, you know, the Bible is full of um, examples of men of great faith mm. who also had their flaws really and, and at times had weaknesses in their faith. Human weaknesses. You've got Abraham so and so many. You know, I think of Elijah, um, you know, who, who performed, um, well, with, with God's yeah. uh, assistance, performed great miracles and Mac did amazing um, things and then sort of um, ran away. <laughs> ran from, yeah, because he was criticized or he was yeah. threatened yeah. and he ran away. It is, it's, they're very human experience. And that's what I love about the Bible. Mm. It's, it's about real people. Mm. Uh, we could talk all about the evidence for scripture from a historical or archaeological perspective. They're real people who lived in real places. Mm. And, uh, what's great about that is that what God can do in the lives of those people, God can do in the lives of us. Mm. And, and that's really what he wants to get across to us. And, you know, one of the things that we were talking about a little bit earlier is the fact that sometimes there are things that are hard to understand in the Bible. And it does take study and it does take time and it does take prayer. Um, And that's good because, you know, when you have to strive for something, it's so much more satisfying when you achieve it, when Mm. you have when you realize it, when you actually come to the answer. Mm. And so um, I'd like us to read uh, Second Peter three, 15 and 16. And I'll set this up where Peter is actually writing to believers and he's writing about some of the messages that Paul has written. Mm. So Paul's another apostle. And uh, you can read that out for us, Jason. And consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. 
That is a fascinating piece of uh, mm. scripture, not least because here's Peter quite willingly admitting, you know, there are some things that are difficult to understand yeah. that, that my brother Paul writes. Yeah. And, um, and, and and he himself, you know, was a was a man who he's spent time scripture. with Jesus and he's <laughs> writing scripture and he's saying, look, Paul's this other guy. Yeah, yeah. You need to listen to him, but uh, he's got some things that are hard to understand. Yeah, and then the, 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 uh, the other piece that he writes that... Um, he says, which untaught and unstable people twist mm. to their own destruction. Mm. So the, I guess this is the, the thing that we've been talking about in, in regards to what to do with doubt. If skeptics come at us with questions about faith, about God, about the Bible, that we cannot readily answer immediately, mm. what are we going to do with that? We're going to say, well, yeah, maybe they're right. Maybe God doesn't exist. <laughs> or are we actually going to say, well, hang on, um, Maybe I just need to go back to God in prayer. Maybe go back to Scripture, see if I can find an answer. Maybe talk to another learned person of faith and say, how would you answer this? Have you encountered this before? Um, because just because I can't answer it doesn't mean it can't be answered. And there's a, there's a really important principle there as we're you know, talking about studying passages of Scripture that I think um, when we go into Scripture... I think it's an important principle that we mm. pray yeah. that the Holy Spirit gives us understanding Yes, because it's so easy for us to misunderstand or put our own understanding or our own human thoughts and, and interpretations onto things mm. that aren't necessarily what the Scriptures was intended. And so... Um, That's a brilliant point. Because it, it, it's so important that we seek God's instruction before we even try to understand. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely, because mm. we all have biases. Mm. We all have a viewpoint. We all, mm. None of us come to this in a vacuum. We didn't, we didn't just turn up today. We've been alive for a while, and those experiences have shaped and molded who we are and what we think. Mm. And so we, we have to surrender, mm. and that's part of it. We're going to look at another verse a little later that really talks to that, mm. that we have to surrender ourselves. Do I really want to know what God wants me to know? Mm. Or am I going to say, well, I'm going to interpret this according to my framework. According to what I want it to mean. <laughs> exactly. And so this, this, I just want to mention one more thing. He says, unstable and uh, un, untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction mm. as they do the rest of the scriptures. Mm. You can think of times when Jesus was actually in conversation with the devil mm. in Matthew chapter 4. Who twisted the who scriptures. Who twisted the scriptures, yeah. right? So it's mm. not... So, and we'll have, there'll, there'll be people who'll say, hey, this Bible verse says this. Yeah. How can you support that? You know, and they're trying to basically say, uh, your worldview is incorrect because I have a reading on this scripture and it doesn't conform to your worldview. Therefore, the Bible must be wrong, but you must be wrong, or God mm. must be wrong. And uh, we have to just really check ourselves because we are self-motivated sometimes and we can the bible talks about the fact that we can be self-deceived mm. you know are we really recognizing who we are recognizing who god is humbling ourselves and saying lord teach me mm. i don't go to the bible to teach god what he meant mm. i want to go to the bible to ask god teach what, me what, what is he meant. trying to teach me in yeah. this in in this verse we're going to go to a break in a minute. Uh, we've got our book offer for today. It's called God, 60 Hard Questions for Skeptics. Uh, this is written by Peter Hopkins. Questions, questions. How does a Christian respond to challenges by their faith? 
by asking a question. Challenging the challenger helps to open up the issue and keep the conversation going. It's a method Jesus used in his ministry. Here are 60 questions covering most of the main issues and objections which are raised in today's society. You'll find guidance, but not answers at the end of each section so mm. this is not a prescriptive book no it, i like the way it's sort yeah. of approached it's kind of let's have a conversation let's have a conversation yeah, yeah. we're going to give you the code to this straight after the break but this is word of god speak by mercy me Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say Would you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty, to be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness, word of God speak. Finding myself in the midst of you Beyond the music, beyond the noise All that I need is to be with you And in the quiet, hear your voice Word of God speak Would you pour down like rain Washing my eyes to see Your majesty To be still and know That you're in this place Please let me stay and rest In your holiness Word of God speak Great song, being lost for words, but being okay with that. Sometimes we don't have all the answers. 
and it's okay, but of course the scriptures do help us. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith of M, and uh, we're finishing up today with Peter Watts. Before the break, we talked about our book offer for today. We've got six copies of this book to give away, 60 hard questions for skeptics. Text us in steps number 11, steps, S-T-E-P-S, and 11, number 11, no spaces. Text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We would love to get you a copy of that. We've got six copies, so the first six in will receive a copy of that book. Today, uh, Peter, just in wrapping up, where did you want to um, focus in our last section? Okay, there's, there's a lot more scripture that we could look at, uh, but we're going to pick up some uh, highlights, I think, just to emphasize, uh, emphasize this point of what to do with doubt and, you know, that we can actually go beyond doubt in terms of our relationship with God and, and that we can have confidence in his promises and so forth. So we have Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine, which I think is a fascinating verse from the Old Testament. Uh, that uh, Moses wrote. And so let's read that. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. All right. So here he's got two sort of uh, sections. Number one, there are secret things that belong to the Lord. Mm. And we've read before these passages that you can't search out the limits of God and so forth. You're never going to know everything. And those, you know, there are those things that just, you know, they, they belong belong to God. Yeah. On the other hand, there are those things which are revealed, and this is the comfort. It's when we say, "Oh, we can't know everything," it doesn't mean we can't know anything. Absolutely, for right? sure. Uh, we have a book of about, depending on which version you've got, about thirteen hundred pages mm. called the Bible mm. that God has given us in order that we may know certain things about Him, mm. certain things about ourselves, certain things about the world, and the reality of the spiritual battle we're in, and so. That's the great thing is we're not saying you can't know anything. We're simply saying don't allow the things that you don't know to rob you of the things you can know. You can know, yeah. So we don't allow the skeptics and the doubts that that exist in the world that we live in. Do not allow them to steal from you the promises of God that we have in Scripture. Don't allow them to steal from you the counsel God has Mm. for daily life Mm. that are going to enrich your life, make your life better, make your life easier, give you peace of mind. Um, Don't allow those doubts to steal from from you what God intends for Mm. you. Because as I said earlier, you know, there are things that even children can understand and even as we only just begin to enter our faith in God, there are simple things yes. that help us along the way until we develop further and further, I guess, yeah. in our study and our maturity. Well, you know, it talks about all the words of this law at the end of that verse and, mm. you know, just take the Ten Commandments. Mm. There are only ten of them. Mm. They're not hard to learn. They're not hard to understand. They're not either. hard to understand. Mm. And if you if you lived life practicing those things in your life, your life would be better. The people who live with you, their lives would be better. The people who live next door and in your community, their mm. lives would be better if we abided by, by those simple principles. Mm. Um, there's another passage that we're going to look at briefly, which is in John sixteen thirteen. I think you've got that there. Yeah. And uh, this relates to what I was saying before in, you know, seeking the Holy Spirit as we we study. It says here, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. 
All right, this is a terrific verse because, as you mentioned before, the Bible, we believe, was inspired by God through mm. the Holy Spirit. So mm. the Holy Spirit inspires a person who then writes out these messages of God. And so we want to ask God through the Holy Spirit to help us to understand the Bible. Mm. But I also want to say that the Holy Spirit works through our conscience, right? Mm. The Holy Spirit can speak to our conscience. And we can get, as we're reading through the Bible and as we are surrendering our lives to the will of God, then the Holy Spirit is speaking to our conscience and we'll know is something right or is something wrong and we'll know which direction to go in. And and if we are uncertain, we can go to God in prayer. But the, the, the Spirit is, is also present to help us to understand and to guide us into all truth. Mm. And so it's not as though... We're talking about the apprenticeship. We're talking about developing as disciples of Christ, which means I, my hope is that by next week I'll know more than I knew this week. I want to grow. I want to walk with God. I want to learn a little more. I want to make progress on that journey. And uh, and that's the beauty of it, that, that we we can talk to God, we can listen to God's voice through the Holy Spirit, talking to our conscience and talking to us through Scripture, that we can develop and grow as people. I've just put together four things that uh, we've learned, Peter, that that we need the Word of God, mm-hmm. but the Word of God alone may not be, you know, because there are academics. We can come to long, wrong conclusions. Yeah, there are academics who can study the Word and not believe. Um, we need the Holy Spirit. Um, we need the experience of actually practical Christianity, actually doing it, and prayer. Yeah. You know, that was the thing we studied yeah. last week. So at least those four things are critical yeah. components in our that, in our understanding. That's exactly, yeah, those mm. are the things we've been talking about. I think that's terrific. Another verse I wanted to pick up while we still have a couple of minutes yep. is um, Matthew 18.3. Um, and I think this goes along with some of the things you just spoke about. Yeah, uh, assuredly I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. So what does that mean? That that's become as little st- children, like <laughs> that's a big statement. I, yeah. you know, some people say, well, would we walk around in nappies and put a <laughs> dummy in our mouth and puking all over our shirt, or you know, what what does that really mean? What he's actually saying is that we should be. What is it about little children that he's wanting to? compare in terms of being a child of the king i can think of two things yeah. one is um uh, an earnest desire to discover and learn yeah and two uh, a sense of humility a, yes. a sense of not knowing at all all right i'm going to mm. throw in another one utter dependence yeah utter yes, dependence true. on your parents mm. because a little child it kind of a, a little child that's, that's growing up in a uh, healthy family mm. let's say doesn't think twice about trusting their parents because they just know that the, they don't even think they're not worried about paying the bills they're not worried about putting food on the table mm. you know what i mean they're not worried about a roof over their head or clothes on their back because they know their parents are going to provide that or it's not, it doesn't even enter their mind they're completely trusting so i think this is what jesus is saying he wants us to be humble trusting teachable um and i think that as we do that then we are um, in a place where God can teach us. There's one other verse that I really want to pick up, mm. and it's in uh, John, I think, seven seventeen. Yeah. And to me, this is one of the crux of the matter. This is this is sort of where it comes down to, uh, in in some respects. It says, "If anyone wills to do His will, 
he shall know concerning the doctrine whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. All right, so Jesus is talking to um, the people around him at that time, and he says, if anyone wills to do his will, Mm. are we willing to do God's will? Mm. Even if it's inconvenient, even if it's uh, not in line with my biases and opinions, uh, even if it's something completely different to what I've been used to all my life, um, am I willing to do his will? Mm. And this is fascinating. He says, if anyone is willing to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, Mm. concerning the teaching of Scripture. So when we come to the Bible and we want to find out something new about God, he is saying what what our will, whether we're willing to do the will of God, it's going to affect how we read that Mm. and how we understand it. Mm. And so I think that's a, a vital part. Yeah. Um, so, Peter, um, this is, uh, I guess, the time where we wrap up, but I uh, want to ask you what we've got next week in our last episode for this series. Okay, so the last episode, as we come to the end of this series, is called The Journey to Joy. Kind of sounds like a very uh, hopeful positive chapter and that's what we intend uh, it to be so we're going to look at the last chapter of this book steps to christ we've entitled our radio program for next week the journey to joy and we hope everybody will join us for that and what have you got coming up this weekend and next week i believe you've got some things happening yeah so uh next tuesday evening uh the second of may I think it's the second or is it the third, actually? I'll tell you in a minute. It is the uh, 3rd of May. So next Tuesday, 3rd of May, 7 p.m., I will be at the Warunga Adventist School. It's a room called The Wedge on the ground floor, and uh, that's up in New South Wales uh, in northern Sydney, and um, I will be uh, sharing my series, Is God For Real? We'll be talking about some very basic topics. Does God exist? Can we trust the Bible? Did we really evolve? And so forth. So that's from next Tuesday, the 3rd of May, if you go to the isgodforreal.com.au website, then you will find more details there. Awesome. And, of course, uh, tomorrow we've got Daniel Mateo and Tabitha Zachariah. They'll be talking about the Bible as science. That'll be an interesting topic. I'll have to tune in and listen to that myself because I love this sort of concept. Uh, I even mentioned it early this morning. Remember the code offer for today for our book, 60 Hard Questions for Skeptics, steps number 11. Text it in to 0488-880-891. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you have a great day wherever you are. May God bless you. This is Josh Garrels with For You. Well, I, I got so much I'm down to tell you. But you can't bear to hear me now. separate our love 
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.